Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, dude. Belated happy birthday from me and all the listeners, dude. Uh, how's it feel to be 32? It feels great. I feel just as good as I did when I was 31. It's great. <laughs> great, dude. Well, that's our show, everybody. Thanks. thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Well, you know, I'm not sure that anybody really wants to hear about the this week in Sharks hockey, but uh, you know, yeah, I have a feeling this might be a little shorter podcast than usual. I think we did enough negativity last week. I'm going to try and tamp it down just a bit this week. Uh, are you? I'm going to try, dude. Let's let's. Uh, Let's let's keep it real. Well, we got to no. keep it real, but I'm just saying there's no reason to belabor the point that the Sharks appear to be, uh, as Louis says in the comment thread on dudesonhockey.com, are we entering dark times, dude? <laughs> <laughs> are we entering? We're on the boat and we've started to cross into the tunnel. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know. This season could be like riding It's a Small World over and over and over again. It's just something you'll never get out of your head. Dude, I mean, um, the week, you know, the last three games, it starts with a really solid win in Minnesota with with a sick goal by Brent Burns and a really great response from the Sharks team after a, a physical play. Uh, from Minnesota, they responded in a, in in not as a melodramatic way as um, they did in the Vegas Golden Knights Game Seven. Right, but I mean, it was reminiscent in that all of a sudden, it seemed like for the final you know ten minutes of that game, they really woke up, and um, Brent Burns did what Brent Burns is capable of doing. I mean, like that was sick, you know? I mean, that, that play was incredible. I wish he would do that a couple times a game. Like, I mean, take it to the net, like instead of just being content with bombing away from across the street. Like, I mean, like I, I think we saw what is possible, right. With, with him, what we know he can do. And he did it in that game. Yeah, I, that was obviously a goal of the year candidate uh, for the Sharks. Obviously, it's the best goal of the year for the Sharks, but you know, certainly there's that one still where it's basically Brent Burns in the middle of all five of wild, the wild players, and somehow Brent Burns still manages to pull it onto his backhand and roof it past the goaltender. That is just a just an amazing individual play by Brent Burns and sure I'm with you I would love to see him find those moments where he can really threaten to score of course it's hard to always you're never going to score in all of those moments but the question is how can we encourage him to be 
looking for those kinds of opportunities more, right? As opposed to the, oh, I'm going to toe drag it and take a 75-foot wrist shot. Yeah, I mean, there, there certainly is still a lot of, you know, the theme that we were on last week where how this team just seems to lack a real identity, you know? I mean, Bugner seemed to get Timo Meyer's attention by moving him down. He certainly played better in stretches this week. But we still aren't seeing the player that we expect from him, right? We still aren't seeing the player that we expect from Brent Burns. Um, the things that we know they're capable of doing and, and sort of you know holding their attention and getting them to perform to the level that they're capable of or what we at least we've seen them do previously uh, that earned them their contracts uh, that are quite juicy and um, you know their status as you know, building blocks of this franchise. Um, so when you see it in glimpses, like you did at the end of the Minnesota game, and then you don't see it at all yeah. in in a, a series in Colorado, which, um, you know, for four, four periods, the, the Sharks just got, I mean, they didn't just, well, it was, they scored the first goal in that first game, and then they just got... <laughs> destroyed yeah like completely destroyed to it was so hard to watch yeah just curb stomped i mean colorado is first place in the west as we record this they're only one point ahead but still they're clearly at least so far living up to the hype the preseason hype of this being a legitimate stanley cup contender and they just sort of ran over the sharks like they weren't even there and uh, they've got four young mobile defensemen that it's very difficult who are all responsible in their own end. Yeah. And one of them's 19 years old. They're keep talking about it on the broadcast. So maybe they're going to send him back to junior. It's like, why, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, this guy, I mean, Eric Johnson is basically their sixth defenseman. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that, it, you know, uh, they're very good and they showed that they're that good. And, you know, the, the first game in that series, I think we all want to forget. I was pleased by the Sharks response in the second game for the first two periods. I thought they played hard, you know? Uh, and it, I think Dubnik kind of kept them in that game you know, for, for the majority of those first two periods. And then it all fell apart at the end, but um, yeah, brutal. And perhaps we've been spared momentarily with the sharks now on an extended break due to COVID protocols within the Vegas golden Knights um, team, you know, which is not good. And we certainly hope that, uh, everybody in that organization is healthy and that, uh, you know, whoever has come down with this, you know, terrible disease is, uh, recovers rapidly without any, without any issues. But, you know, on the bright side here, if there is a bright side to this, the sharks have gotten to come home. Yeah. Um, and we know that they're going to be able to play at home for their, uh, they're not going to have to play a home game in Arizona. That's right. Um, and so uh, their home, there was quite a positive article written by Kevin Kurz today in The Athletic about how this, the practice today seemed to be one of their best so far. 
And I mean, dude, how much of this is, you know, how much do you think the sharks could turn this around now? Excuse me. Without with knowing that they're not going to be away from their families for another month. You know, it's it's hard for me, especially after those two after those two games, to see a really uh, a bright light here for the Sharks. Um, as as you mentioned, the the brightest part of the team right now does seem to be, strangely enough, the goaltending. Um, you know, Jones and Dubnik are both putting in at least passable starts here. That doesn't seem to be the weakest link right now, but it's not clear to me that the Sharks have another gear. To, to throw this machine into um they're taking penalties um they're just not playing that well and in the case of colorado they're clearly outmatched uh you know this is this is a team that has a completely different level of talent than the sharks have right now and i don't see how you know that's not gonna just like change overnight you know i mean if everybody starts playing you know the best they've ever played in their career okay you know maybe they're in a in a playoff conversation but but they're not anywhere close to Colorado and probably not even anywhere close to Vegas at this point. So you know it's well, it's too early to get into the oh, okay we got to blow this whole thing up now but you certainly have to think of like okay well what what what's the strategy here? Like what's the goal of this of this year if the car if the Sharks continue on this trajectory which is you know right now they're last in the in the division but you know this sort of like under 500 but not crazy embarrassing i don't know i don't i don't know how you how you navigate that so uh you know i think that there's two 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 bright spots here dude as we're looking forward here um that could end up being positives or they could end up being horrific all right the first is that this is a loaded question and there's only one right answer which team in the nhl has had the most difficult schedule to start well, it's certainly the Sharks. The San Jose Sharks. Not just with their travel situation, but strength of schedule-wise, they have had the hardest schedule per uh, the Sagarin rankings on USA Today. They've played the toughest schedule so far. They've played St. Louis. They've played twice. They've played Minnesota twice. They've played Colorado twice, right? Um, like, that's... That's very, very difficult what they've had to do. And it shows, uh, you know, on the uh, uh, in the results, right? Like it, it shows. So they their next eight games are against two of the worst teams in the NHL, the Anaheim Ducks and the Los Angeles Kings, who are both down in the cellar with the Sharks. Yeah, with us. So w- will the Sharks go six and two in this stretch? Like they probably should, or are they going to just straight up split with these bad teams? You know, you know how I love to cross sports here, dude. The Warriors are, they beat the Detroit Pistons last night by like 50 points. Right. And the Warriors this year are good. They're not great. And, you know, they're dealing with, you know, obviously Clay Thompson is out again, right? But they they destroy the bad teams. When the, they play the bad teams, they whoop them bad, right? So the Sharks have not played a bad team yet. So when they play LA, when they play Anaheim eight times in the next two weeks, are they going to take advantage of that, dude? 
Ah, let's have a look. <laughs> let's have a look at Anaheim. What's Anaheim up to these days? It's you know I don't. Uh, we can't. We can't. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff stole the top of the score sheet. Who knew? The guy's <laughs> ageless. But well, um, I mean, if you, if you're looking at at expected goals, right, which is a very popular uh, analytic stat, right? Yep, yep. The Sharks are the fourth worst team in the NHL in expected goals. The Kings are the second worst, and the Ducks are the worst, right? <laughs> so th- that awesome. tells you that there's an opportunity here. If you're looking at Corsi, Corsi per 60 minutes, the Ducks are the worst team in the NHL. The Sharks are ninth, right? If you're looking at Fenwick per 60 minutes, the Ducks are the worst team in the NHL. <laughs> okay? So they're going to play statistically the worst team in the NHL four times. Now the Kings have a better Fenwick and Corsi, you know, per 60 minutes. This is all through a, a website called Evolving Hockey, which I, I like to to look at some fun advanced stats, but uh they're better on paper than the Sharks, right? But I I, I want to see it, right? I want to see it. Like I, I don't I don't know that I, I totally buy it, right? But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um there's opportunity here, dude. And if the Sharks want to have any prayer of being that fourth team in the Pacific, they got to win six of these eight. Yeah. 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 They got to win six of the eight. And we're going to find out what they're made of. Really. I think right here, we're going to find out. Yeah. We're really going to find out. Certainly we, we know as we suspected that they are not in the same class as Colorado. But now the real question is, is are they a step ahead of the bad teams in this division, of which, of course, the Sharks are in the standings of the worst right now. But when you only play the best teams in the division, you tend not to win a lot of games. So against LA and Anaheim, we're going to know. We're going to yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, they've played Minnesota, which analytics say are the third best team in the NHL. They played Colorado, sixth best. They played Arizona, Arizona ninth best in expected goals. They played, um, you know, the Blues, 12th best. I mean, they, they played, they split against three good teams and they got murdered by maybe the best team in the NHL, right? right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you look at the splits that they did against three good teams, okay, I'll take that. I think I we would take that in regular times if they split a season series with the Blues, right? You take that. Sure. Right. Um, and, and then, you know, I just don't think I was looking at the Vegas odds. I don't think I've ever seen the sharks. They were Colorado, I think closed minus two fifty in that second game, which is basically the equivalent of the Detroit Red Wings spread right now. Vegas is pricing the sharks in that same category, which is, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Like the sharks were plus 200 to win that game. Yeah. It was shocking. Like that's how how Vegas is perceiving how bad the Sharks are, right? Right. Or there's just a lot of Colorado money because people are excited about Colorado. Yeah, I mean, not many people are laying that 250, yeah, right? I would, I like, would personally never they're, never they're pay that. Daring, they're just daring you to take the sharks, right? They they want they they 
they want you to take the sharks, you know, and they, they kind of know that the sharks aren't going to win. So they're sort of daring you to do it with that juicy prize. Uh, anyways, dude, um, we're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot about this team. Will they be rejuvenated by spending time at home with their family? And will they hit the road for those LA games and really get after it and see this opportunity? Cause they're not dumb. They know this is it, right? Like yeah, they've got a shot sure. here, but guess what? LA and the ducks, they think the same thing. Sure. <laughs> Uh-oh, this is our chance to make some, some ground here, and the Sharks are not very good. So we'll see. Yeah, it's, it's, we'll, we'll, we really will see. I mean, hopefully the Sharks stop taking penalties. Do you have a stat on how many penalties the Sharks are taking? Because it seems like they're taking so many penalties, and a lot of them are stupid. Yeah, I mean, I, I know Evander Kane was leading the NHL in minor penalties, dude. I mean, I, I I'm gonna look here and see um, what see the sharks. Um, let's see, dude. I'm sorry, I didn't have that stat right up here. Well, yeah. Uh, no, the the sharks are um, as a team. They don't seem to be uh, in the upper. Oh yeah, they're not that level. bad. They're kind of kind of middle of the pack, but. Evander Kane just continues to take like bad penalty after bad penalty. And um, I, he's another one. I just, I just, I don't know. I don't know what, what do you do with him at this point? Like what, what happens to, to Evander Kane, right? Like where you've got, you know, just such a, a disconnect between, you know, being effective and being a distraction. Yeah. You know how they say like hope is not a plan. I think that's the only plan the sharks have. You just got to hope he starts playing better and doing better and can, can focus and can score the way we've seen he can score. Uh, Cause the sharks definitely need it. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't have a prescription for that situation at all. Um, I, I certainly know what isn't a good idea. And that is to, get Tony D'Angelo off of waivers because you (laughs) (laughs) although the Sharks probably could claim him I actually I I think I you know I read a couple articles about this this kid Tony D'Angelo who scored like 50 points last year as a defenseman and then the the Rangers just wave him outright like they just (laughs) want him out of that organization as fast as possible they probably didn't even give him cab fare they just locked the door behind him that tells you how little of an opinion the New York Rangers have about this guy. And I'd be honestly pretty surprised to see any other team pick him up. Well, I mean, apparently this, you know, this, this guy has been labeled a problem since junior has, this is his third NHL team. He had a great year last year. The Rangers signed him to like a two year, $9 million deal, right? Yep. No, the Sharks are not going to pick him up. His, you know, his stats look great, but you know, that's exactly what the Sharks need, right? (laughs) Yeah, another problem. Just you know, seems to be a a locker room train wreck, right? I I don't think anybody is going to claim this guy because you don't want to, you don't want to be on the hook for for that amount of of money for a guy who could be, you know, you might want him gone 
again in a week, right? So, no, I think he's the Rangers' problem, and he probably, you know, I, I don't know. I'm interested to see if he reports to their minor league team or, or, or what they decide to do with him. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, not a good situation. You know, you certainly hope that that's not the trajectory that we see for Ryan Merkley, who's another player who seemed to have a similar, maybe not as, like, dramatic as this guy's resume, you know, but similarly labeled a problem junior player and, you know, not left out of world juniors competitions, not because of skill, but because of attitude. And here you sit, the Sharks' top prospect, right? Like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. And You're hoping for the best, but like that's not exactly giving you a, a star in the sky. Sure, but I'd, I would say that there's it's different when you're uh, sort of this kind of maybe impulsive type of player or person when you're 19 and 20 years old. Tony D'Angelo is 25 years old. There, there's, you know, that that's, there's no reason to be acting like that. I mean, there, there's just, uh, there's obviously something else going on here. And, and you're right. It could happen the same with Ryan Merkley, but... I think the message will be sent pretty clear that, you know, this kind of stuff isn't going to fly in the NHL. And you can certainly use Tony D'Angelo as exhibit A. Here's a guy that scored 50 points to defenseman. Guess what? He doesn't have a job. So uh, clearly uh, there there is a line <laughs> in terms of conduct. And apparently D'Angelo got into some sort of like physical altercation with the goalie and the with his own goalie. Great. Yeah, nuts. No good, dude. Uh, a couple little bits of uh, a couple little bits of news here. Uh, uh, the Barracuda continue uh, to to stumble through their their pandemic preseason here, uh, and actually, you know, their um, preseason has been paused due to uh, COVID related matters. So we're not really sure what that means. I thought I had read that one player had tested positive. So certainly sending out good vibes to the Barracuda dude. I'll admit today uh, that I I looked into and will likely purchase uh, the AHL Barracuda package uh, to watch those games, dude. I mean, you know, (laughs) I'm really curious. Like I want to see what some of these young players look like, especially Ryan Merkley. Like I want to see with my eyes, you know, like I want to see, what kind of help might be coming, right? Yeah. Any help coming, right? Because already, you know, uh, you know the the young player who looked like a, a a shining star at the beginning of the season already got scratched. I mean, you know, Leonard already out of the lineup. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. I I appreciate this. You got to earn it. Earn your roster spot. Attitude that seems to be going on, but. I think that that only works if it's for everybody and not just the rookies, right? Like, yeah. Because based on the play of some of these veterans, like, are they really earning their ice time right now with some of the terrible things that they're doing? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. 
And also from a Barracuda perspective, I feel bad because Sasha Chimilevsky was supposed to make his NHL debut and was unable to. I'm not exactly sure what the reason was specifically, but some, I don't know if it was a logistics issue or what, but that's too bad. I think he got replaced at the last minute by Stefan Nason or something, but uh, that's just such a bummer, you know, look, hey kid, here's your shot, your first, your first ticket to the show. And then like, yeah, sorry, cab was late. Ah, yeah, it's some sort of... I think I heard it was a paperwork issue. You know, you imagine, you know, some some low-level Sharks employee forgot to file your paperwork. You didn't get to play. It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. Uh, No. Uh, Well, you know, the Sharks uh, made a trade uh, to pick up a a defenseman from Ottawa who was so good he couldn't play for Ottawa. So, uh, (laughs) dude... uh, I got to admit, I was not very excited, uh, no matter how many people are trying to put a rosy spin on the Christian Jaros trade, uh, that, you know, the Sharks stealing a gem from the Ottawa Senators, this guy can't play for the Senators who are, 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 are really a bad team. Like, what does that say about our organizational depth right now? Maybe it's just that... They need another guy to challenge some of these number four, five, and six types of players because clearly Jacob Middleton is not it, and maybe they just need a guy. Yeah, I mean, wow, Jacob Middleton just completely given up on uh, after, you know, what, eight games, you know, he was exposed to waivers. Uh, I don't. I think I don't know if he got sent down to the Barracuda or if he's still part of the taxi squad. But um, wow, I mean that shows you that they don't really think he's part of the equation here at all. I mean he's clearly been, um, you know, passed over by uh, a couple other guys, and they're still looking. Obviously, um, you know, by swinging this this trade for. For Christian Jaros, I mean they're they're casting nets here to try and find who can, like you said, push the bottom defensive depth guys for playing time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Although the, the D seems pretty set right now. Like they don't seem to be looking to make any issues. Although, you know, you 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 wonder about Shimmick's health, but like that doesn't seem to be where they're looking to make any changes right now. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else seems to be pretty set, but, uh, it's not, you know, it's hard to be super happy with, with the defensive core right now. So maybe you, no. just, you need well, a little fresh blood. I just don't know how Christian Jaros is going to suddenly awaken Eric Carlson's game. <laughs> you like, never know. Maybe they were, maybe they were friends or something. Okay. Well, uh, I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, listen, this happened. Again, I'm going to cross sports here. New Jersey Nets are filled with guys who are friends with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Hey, keep them happy. Whatever. I don't know. We're going to try and do something to wake this guy up. Maybe he'll be excited now he got to see you know, his kid, which I'm sure is really hard when you've got a young kid. Hard on his wife. Hard on him to not see his daughter. Maybe he'll be energized by that. I have no idea. I'm just running out of excuses for him. Like I just having a hard time like continuing to try and justify why he's playing so badly. Like, yeah, 
can't be health still, right? Yeah, I got I, mean, I got nothing. I don't know. I, I, I don't I just, have a clue. Because this, I, I didn't watch a ton of games of Eric Carlson before he became a shark, but this certainly doesn't look like as advertised. This looks like you bought the car and then, you know, you start driving it and realize, you know, you, you had a CD player and not a serious satellite radio, right? <laughs> like, you know. It's only got two gears. Oh, man. And, like, you know, and of course, dude, it is early. And maybe he's going to whoop up on, you know, some of these teams. I mean, that's that's got to be what we're hanging our hat on right now, right? I think so. Sharks going to feel energized. Sharks will come out and really take it to some of these, you know, lesser competition. Sharks will, by the time this trip is over, already be halfway through their road games, right? Like, you know, they they will get to play the majority of their games at home. You know, I mean, maybe there is a glimmer of sun still. A glimmer of sun, dude. That's what I'm going to call the podcast. Let's stop there before we break back into the negativity dude we got some very winnable games coming up for the sharks sharks are actually going to be playing at the tank in the near future let's do this go sharks go sharks hey show want to get your questions on the air email questions at dudesonhockey.com dudes on hockey is not affiliated with the sales sharks organization or the national hockey league